Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Slice of Life right here on your Saturday morning. And hey, it's a holiday weekend. I hope it's off on the right foot for you. How fast did the summer go? It definitely, I think, is in fast forward. So I hope you had a great summer. Enjoy this lovely, lovely weather. The hotter, the better, as far as I'm concerned, much like my chicken wings. So uh, we'll get into chicken wings a little bit later in the show with Drew Sirza, the Wing King, because, of course, the Wing Fest is looming as well. But first, it's a, an honor to have Catherine Christofferson back on the air with us. Catherine is the name you see and hear when you talk about McCollum Christofferson, an advisory firm, financial advisory firm based in Amherst. In fact, a neighbor of ours here at Entercom Buffalo, located at 500 Corporate Parkway. And Catherine is the CEO of McCollum Christofferson. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Brenda. It's good to be here with you. It's so nice to have you back on the show with us, Catherine. And when we talk about financial advisory firms, there are many out there from which to choose. But how does one know what a good, reputable financial advisory firm is? How would you know who to choose, who to call? Generally speaking, the way that you find your way to an advisor, and this certainly is the case for our firm, is by way of referral. So in some cases, it could be your accountant um, who is familiar with uh, other clients who do business with us. It might be an estate planning attorney that's familiar with us or another firm. So referral is actually the best way uh, to find uh, an advisory firm and a person that you can trust. But oftentimes, you may not have that opportunity. And if that is the case, it's a process of of actually interviewing different people and questioning them about things that are important to you, Um, whether it's your retirement, whether it's planning for your children's education or grandchildren's education or any number of financial issues. Um, If you don't have someone referred to you, it's a good idea to choose, say, two or three people Um, reputable firms, larger firms is usually where people start, but you usually have kind of a gut feel for whether or not you're connecting with someone. And in this particular situation, that is very important. Um, You do want to have a relationship with an advisor that you feel you can trust, who understands your needs, and gives you the time to explain things when you have questions or when you have fears about what's going on in the market or with your investments. You know, Catherine, we've talked over the years and all of the things that you just mentioned are so important. And I remember making the analogy that perhaps you almost feel like a therapist in some ways because you're dealing with a whole range of complex emotions, including the fear of not having enough money, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you've been in this business more than a a blink, I'd say. Uh, How many years have you been doing this? Let's see. I started in 82, so uh, 37 years I've been doing this. And does that hold true um, after almost four decades in the business that there's still kind of that fear that people will run out of money. Do you hear that from your clients? Absolutely. That's probably the greatest fear. And so often, um, it's not like everyone needs an advisor. If you're knowledgeable, if you have the time and the energy and the desire to manage your own investments, then you know go your way. But most people are subject to 
the media financial news that is out there. And as I've said many times, media is not necessarily out there to make us good advisors or good investors. They're out there to sell media. And what sells media? Fear. Fear. Yes, exactly. And so it's, it's, e- it's easier to manage your investments in a relatively non-volatile, the market is doing well, you feel comfortable, you feel good. But when you start getting bombarded with different fear messages, that's when you start to question, am I doing the right thing? And for people who don't have that knowledge, ability, desire to manage their own investments, that's where their advisor really earns their stripes, is to keep you on track at times when you have that fear. Well, it makes sense to use an advisor, especially somebody um, who really knows what they're doing, like you and your colleagues at McCollum Christofferson, because you have access to things that perhaps a person sitting in their kitchen watching CNBC having a cup of coffee in the morning would not, right? Exactly, exactly. And in this day and age, with the technology that we have out there, you actually can get more information than you know what to do with. So it's um, it's being with an advisor who can assess where you are in your career or your earning uh, years, to assess what else is going on in your life, and to structure a plan for you that meets those needs and helps to address the fears that you may have. So then, once you have that plan, the, the harder of the tasks is to stick to the plan. And there is that, uh, it's, a, it's human nature to want to react when you see something going on in the news or you're being bombarded with negativity or whatever. You feel like, oh, I should be doing something. And a good advisor will keep you on track. Now, that doesn't mean that you never change your uh, direction or your financial plan, if you will, but you change your plan in reaction to changes in your life, not changes in the market. For example, if the market drops 600, 800,000 points, you name it, that's not the reason to change your plan. The reason to change your plan is you've had an addition to your family, you've lost someone in your family, you have an illness. Those are the kinds of things that warrant a change, but not a reaction to short-term fluctuations in the marketplace. The other thing that strikes me as you're saying that, Catherine, is what if somebody calls you up and you know, my buddy told me, uh, gave me a hot tip. That must drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you it happens. Do you have that happening? With oh your yes. Clients? Oh yes. And the thing that I don't think most people realize is that it takes hours and hours of research before we ever approve anything that goes into our clients' portfolios. So it's not just a, a matter of, boy, that sounds like a great idea, and um, you know, taking a couple of minutes to look at it. Um, we take our job very seriously. We generally use individual stocks versus exchange-traded funds or mutual funds. So uh, a great amount of time, effort, energy, and money, quite frankly, goes into researching the stocks that Uh, are in our clients' portfolios. But yes, we do get someone who calls up with a hot tip. And most of the time, 
um, you know, we'll, we'll take a cursory look at it, but if it doesn't meet our essential three criteria for what goes into our, our clients' portfolios, then we just have to um, say we don't feel that that's something that we would be interested in. And, you know, it's not to say that some of these exciting hot tip things aren't going to make money, but if we don't stick to our basic investment philosophy, our three pillars, um, as you will, uh, of what goes into our clients' portfolios, then we find ourselves all over the place. And, and that's not where you want to be in this environment. We're talking with Catherine Christofferson of the McCollum Christofferson Advisory Firm, financial advisory firm, located here in Amherst. And Catherine, what makes your firm different? Is the fact that you stick to those three pillars that, that separates you from some of the other firms? I think probably we do have a minimum account size, mm-hmm. and the reason that we do that is not because we don't like uh, clients who have smaller amounts to invest, but we do use individual stocks and we do use individual bonds. And if you're coming to us with 50000 100000 something like that, we can't get the diversification into the portfolio that we can in a larger portfolio. And so our feeling has always been, um, and and this is not anything against exchange-traded funds or mutual funds. They're a great place to be, and I do use them uh, in certain instances. But we feel that we have a better feel for what is in our clients' portfolios by knowing exactly what each and every company does. And the three pillars that we follow are, number one, they have to be well-managed. So we look at the management's track record in good times and in bad times. Number two, they have to be financially solid. So we kind of steer away from industries that are heavily debt-laden. Um, And third, they have to be making a product or providing a service that is generally um, in need. And those are the three pillars that we stick to, and that helps us guide our uh, selections of what goes in our clients' portfolios. And we can't stress enough how you have folks on your staff who do nothing but research day in and day out, correct? That is correct. That is their sole job, in addition to my associate, Bill Deacon, and myself. We do uh, research research ourselves uh, because we feel it's important that we understand uh, so that we can explain to clients what they own, why they own it. And by the way, we own everything that our clients own. So we put our money where our mouths are. And um, I, I think that's important. And it says a lot about our philosophy. Catherine, before we wrap, we have just a few minutes left. Um, There's all sorts of things in the news, as you mentioned, and a lot of volatility. And obviously, as we approach an election year in 2020, there's talk about a recession. What's your, can you look into your crystal ball and kind of get your take on uh, if there might be a recession or perhaps even a depression? Or is it too early to tell? Well, it's really too early to tell. Um, the, The thing that I would say is this got into the news because of the you may have heard the inverted yield curve. I've heard that term. I had no idea what it meant, by the way. <laughs> well, it, it, it simply, very simply, I mean, it's complicated, but the simple uh, explanation is when long-term bond yields are less than short-term bond yields, that's an inverted yield curve because generally the longer the bond duration or this really you can relate it to cds when you go to the bank if you get a two-year cd you're expecting a a higher rate of return than say a six-month cd 
So when that longer-term bond or CD is yielding less than the shorter term, that is supposedly one of the signals for a recession. But, it, but in order to have a textbook recession, you have to have two quarters of negative GDP, um, gross domestic product. And we're right now at about plus two. So we have quite a long way to go and quite a lot of ugly things would have to happen before we get close to, um, close to recession territory. And personally, I don't think that the fundamentals out there signal a recession at all, at least not at this point. That's encouraging news. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the inverted yield in this case then was just a fluke? No, it's it's um, what's going on with the the Federal Reserve is that they're trying to um, position their monetary policy so as not to al- allow inflation to incur to occur, and yet um, prevent us from sliding inadvertently into a recession. So the Federal Reserve has a lot to say, obviously, about what interest rates are going to do. Right now, they're signaling that they they may lower. Just recently, they raised. So I think part of this is just kind of the back and forth of what's going on um, with the Federal Reserve, with what's going on in the economy. And quite frankly, uh, some of it has to do with pure political emotions. So uh, it's, a, it's a combination of all three things. But I think the fundamentals that I mentioned, um, corporate earnings, uh, the fact that corporate uh, tax rates are down, so are uh, uh, individual tax rates in most cases, some cases. Uh, so we don't have any of the red flags flying that I would see as as perhaps concerns right now. There's been a bit of a flip-flop from the president on tariffs recently. How do you think that will impact uh, the economy, say, for Q4 and into 2020? Or or don't you see any effect? Well, it, it definitely has an emotional effect, and, and we're certainly being bombarded with that uh, news coverage. He did um, postpone any tariffs on electronics, toys, things like that in in preparation for the holiday season so that stores can stock up and so that uh, customers can buy products for gifts. Um, this is a necessary thing to have happen. China does want to be the leading economic power in the world, and right now they're at about two. And when you think about their markets, they, they don't have a domestic market. They, they're not selling uh, a, a lot of their products to their own people within China. They're dependent on the United States and other countries to buy their products. And so China is also um, kind of a renegade <laughs> pirate nation in that they steal technology, they steal intellectual uh, property from other countries and companies and just copy it. Um, There isn't a high regard for respect for patents and things like that. On the other hand, they're getting to be the world's leader in hacking, and that's going to be a serious issue going forward. So we have to address this. It's not going to be fun. It's I hope, short-term pain for long-term gain, but it must be done. I believe that. Um, and we're seeing some of the pushback as a result of what of what the two countries are dealing with. And everything affects 
the economy, obviously, yes. right? So that's got to keep your job interesting. You never oh, yeah. know probably day in and day out what may occur and what the impact may be on particular investments. Right, right. The, the, the key, if I had to boil it down to one sentence, is stay on track. Don't let the... Um, the noise out there influence your long-term goals. I heard it said on this radio station this morning, um, you know, your investment program is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so to allow yourself to get pulled into this and make reactionary moves, knee-jerk reactions, is not going to bode well for your long-term success. I love how you, uh, you're you able to kind of distill it down to things that are um, understandable to a layperson like me. It's the CEO herself, Catherine Christofferson, McCollum Christofferson firm right here at 500 Corporate Parkway. Uh, Catherine, how can people reach you? Well, uh, by phone, 854-5400. And certainly, um, uh, that would be the first introductory way to get a hold of us. We are here uh, at 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 210. Um, but yes, we'd love to talk to you. It's great. And uh, also you have a website, of course. Yes. And that's um, McCollum-Christofferson.com. You can check that. Uh, probably Google it. Yeah, it's probably a good <laughs> it's idea. It's a long one. <laughs> 854-5400. Thanks so much, Catherine, for coming in this morning. We really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Anytime, Brenda. We'll be back right after this. Car crashes don't happen in slow motion. They happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to check if your child's in the right car seat. Don't think you know. Know you know. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. At Indeed, we understand that when it comes to hiring, it's important to have a large talent pool to choose from. But sometimes too many good options can be overwhelming. That's why Indeed doesn't just give you access to a large pool of job seekers. We also offer screener tools that let you instantly narrow down your search. Hone in on hiring with Indeed. Experience Indeed for yourself today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting at Indeed.com promo. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. And welcome back to this edition of Slice of Life on this Labor Day weekend. I hope you have a wonderful time and uh, have a little time for some R&R. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, Chicken Wing Royalty is in the house. The Wing King is here, Drew Serza. And we're talking about what else? The Wing Fest. Drew, welcome. And can you believe it's time for that again? Is that this weekend? That's I got to check I my hear. calendar. Yeah. I, I, Are you busy? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Running around with a chicken with his head cut off. Oh, mm. or a wing cut off. Huh? So, uh, hard to believe, but it's your 18th year of the Wing Fest. And for folks who may be uninitiated, which is hard to imagine, tell us the uh, the hours and uh, what people can expect coming down to the Wing Fest for year number 18. Yeah, it's um, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, gates open at noon both days. Go to 9 o'clock on Saturday, 7 o'clock on Sunday. It's five dollars to get in. Kids eight and under are free, and it's not just wings. We got other foods as well. We've got pizza, chicken wing soup, um, pierogies, desserts, just 
A lot of Buffalo favorites. And Drew Serza is the man behind the Wing Fest. And Drew, this year, I know there's always something new and different at the Wing Fest. What's the big controversy between blue cheese and ranch? There is one. Is it? <laughs> there's a huge one. Well, you know what? Um, and we've talked about it before. I get um, We track through the Visitor Center, uh, the Buffalo Tourism Bureau. Every state has been represented over the last three years. All 50 states, including Alaska and Hawaii. Amazing. 46 different countries last year. And the big question we get when they come in, hey, where's the ranch? Where's the ranch oh. dressing? And we're like, well, we don't have that here. This is blue cheese. Now, I'm the guy who started National Blue Cheese Day in an uproar over a tweet from Frank's Red Hot saying nothing goes better with wings and ranch. So I started this whole dividing America thing, you know? <laughs> so I, I, as a customer service guy, I'm like, yeah. I mean, all the restaurants in Buffalo offer ranch. Why shouldn't we? Wow. You would think I was Bon Jovi taking the bills oh, to Toronto. Oh, oh. And, but that, it showed the love for Lucci's. I really do. And my wife's got me in timeout. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, but yeah, I'm a blue cheese guy, but it's really for the out of town guests. But boy, it was, it's been fun. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. And people really dig their heels in on that one, right? I mean, they really they feel did. very strongly uh, about that. You know what? I now I realize Buffalo Bills and uh, blue cheese dressing. Yes, absolutely. Those are the two things you don't mess with in this town. Of course, as you said, it's at Salem Field, the baseball stadium, and it's a great setup. Drew, I've been there a few times. I had the honor of being a judge um, over the years, and you have a lot of restaurants. I can't get over the number of states represented, including Josh Allen's hometown, home state, I should say, of Wyoming. And I read how uh, the guy who wanted to um, be in the Wing Fest but did not have a brick-and-mortar restaurant had solicited you for years to come here. Once you found out it was Josh Allen's favorite wing spot, they kind of tilted it in his favor. How did that all come about? So this guy, Trent, from it's, it's called Double Dubs. It's a double-decker bus where he cooks out of the lower level, and then there's <laughs> stairs to go up top where you can sit and eat your wings. Nice. It's pretty cool. And um, I guess Josh Allen would eat there three days a week when he was going to Wisconsin. and Wyoming, you mean. Or, I'm sorry, Wyoming. I said Wisconsin. And um, so this guy calls me this past year and says, this year might be different. You ever a guy named Josh Allen? I said, yeah. <laughs> Rings a bell. Yeah. He said, well, yeah, he loves Double Dubs. I said, well, have him tweet it out. Josh has been here for a year. He loves the barbell, so that means he knows his wings. See what, he's, you know, see what he tweets. Doesn't Josh Allen call me five minutes later selling the case for double dubs to come wow. for 10 minutes on the phone? And, and that just sold me. So he's a really cool guy, Trent, um, and I'm looking forward to his wings. Is he driving the bus here? No, he's not. I would have loved to see it, but we don't have a place to put it. But then every food truck in Buffalo would want to come in too. True. So yeah. it's really been about... You know, it's not just about brick and mortar. It's about the passion that the owner or the person that works the back of the house has for wings. You know, they they can't treat it like another item on the menu. It's got to be the item. And the, you can tell the passion coming through when you talk to them on the phone. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Drew. That's an important distinction, too, because... There are so many places that you walk into, and you've got 20 items on the menu, including wings. But in this case, it really has to be the focal point. We don't want wings uh, in between artichokes and egg rolls on the menu. You know, we <laughs> really want it. 20 different sauces, four dice. But, but the way they, the way they present, um, I think the toughest thing for any restaurant is consistency, and it's no different with wings. So. That person behind the fryer is really important. Absolutely. Tell us a little about uh, what you expect in terms of flavors and uh, what people are bringing this year that may be a little different than previous years. You know, there's over 100 different styles of wings. And, I mean, bacon Bacon was a big ingredient the last couple of years. Chipotle is a huge ingredient in a lot of these wings. But I think the biggest thing that's really getting stronger and stronger is the combination between the sweetness and the heat. 
um, and that balance, you know. And, um, you know, the old days of dropping wings and rolling them in Frank's Red Hot and Butter are over. I mean, you still got it, but these are culinary people that respect their field and really take it seriously. You've got chefs now coming up with sauces for wings. Matter of fact, we have a restaurant from St. Thomas Virgin Islands called Buddhist Sushi. My wife and I actually went down there and judged a wing fest at St. Thomas on the beach. That was a tough gig. It was a tough gig, right. And this guy won, and um, Chef Taj is a very passionate guy, great guy. He's taking his sushi sauces, and he uses them on wings now. So I encourage people to try those wings from St. Thomas. Oh, that sounds interesting. Were they hot or spicy? Or they had a bite. Real, they had a kick. Real flavor, I bet. Flavor and kick. Uh, was, nothing too hot. Did, did I read or hear something about a fluffernutter wing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Goodness. That's that's. <laughs> I think that's right in there with ranch myself. I mean, with all due respect, but um, no, I just um, that that that's, that might be going over the top. But you know what? Hey, you never work. know. You yeah. never know. It's almost true. Like the wing itself is like a blank canvas, that, and you can pretty yes. much paint anything on there you want. So it, I'm thinking maybe a little peanut butter and marshmallow. Yeah, huh? yeah. It, it, it's like the wing is the delivery vehicle for sauce. That's right. You know? That's right. It's yeah. all about the sauce in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I love exactly. the wing too. But speaking of the wing itself, and and you alluded to the different flavors and how uh, tastes have evolved over the years. 18 years now for the Wing Fest. Um, there's a vegetarian wing this year. How did that come about? So we've really never had, and it's actually even gone further. It's vegan. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, is nev- it jackfruit? It's jackfruit. Okay, exactly. It's ne- never. I mean, I get my love letter from Peta every year <laughs> asking me to end the festival, but I've never really thought about a vegetarian wing um, because I I tried a couple and it's always had tofu or something, and tofu to me is like tripe. I just can't the texture. I can't take it. Well, I read about this uh, root and bloom on Elmwood Avenue. Yes. Written up in the New York Times, actually. And um, I decided to go in and just blind and son of a gun. The the jackfruit's almost got a shredded pork type texture. So it's like the Beyond Meat Burger, you know, replacing the actual burger itself. But he breads them in this special breading and he double deep fries them. But the sauce is fantastic. His medium traditional sauce has got flavor and bite. Barbecue's great, and he just came out with a peach habanero. Oh, really? So, it, I mean, it, this uh, James and um, Sarah Ernst, they're they're culinary people, and they are taking it over the top. They understand what it's like to they put do. together flavors. Yeah. They do. So if you had walked in there not knowing it was vegetarian or vegan, would those sauces stand up to any other sauce you've had? <laughs> i got to tell you, the um, the traditional wood. Really? Yeah, Very interesting. Wood. Now, if he would finish the... Um, the barbecue on the grill and caramelize the sauce a little more. Yeah, get that char. Yeah. And you know, Drew, the first time I had jackfruit, it was at a party, and the woman who was making it was vegan. I thought, well, why not? I'll try it. I love to try new things. It was a pulled pork, quote-unquote, version oh. of that. And that's why when you mentioned about almost like that sort of stringiness. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered how that would translate to a wing, but it sounds like they've got it down. Yeah. So uh, kids get in. What's what's the cost for a kid to get in under eight? Free. Free. Fantastic. Perfect. Sam's is paying for the remission. Oh, how yeah. nice. And you can buy tickets at the gate. It's only five bucks a day, right? We've held the price since day one. How 18 great years. is that? Yeah. You know, I think uh, we've only got about 90 seconds left, Drew, but I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the charitable aspect of what yeah. you do. You know, I mean, everybody knows you're the wing king, Drew yeah. Serza. The chicken wing thing is every Labor Day weekend, but you've done so much for the community. Well, $385,000 have been given back to the community over the last 17 years. And this year is no different. Um, Alzheimer's Association and the new Feed More Western New York organization, which is a combination of food bank and Meals on Wheels, and and a little extra play this year. And and believe me, I give Hidden Valley Ranch dressing a lot of credit. 
for coming into the lion's den. So what they're doing is anybody, they're going to give away free celery and carrots. Anybody who um, you know has some celery carrots with ranch, they're asking for a donation to feed more Western New York, and they're going to match the donations. Oh, so great. even Hill Valley Ranch is trying to help out. How they get the that? community spirit. Absolutely. And it doesn't hurt to have a little goodwill from community Not <laughs> at Valley all. Community Rancher. Yeah. So thank you so much, Drew, for coming in. I, I hope the weather gods smile upon you all weekend long. Uh, this show is ending here at 930 on Saturday morning, so... You've got just a couple of hours to get your wing hat ready and head down to Salem Field for the 2019 National Buffalo Wing Festival. Thanks for everything you do for the community, Drew, for drawing attention to us in such a positive light. Best of luck. Thanks, Brenda. It'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. My thanks to Kevin Carr for running the board for us week in and week out. And we'll see you next week at the same time. Until next time, thanks for carving out a slice with me. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.